Hello, my loves. So for this week's TRP Recovery shoutouts, I wanted to give a special thanks to fit underscore Ari629, also known as, and my love, please forgive me if I mispronounced it, but I'm going to go with Arcielis. Um, It's a beautiful name, and if I mispronounced it, don't hesitate to DM me to let me know the phonetic spelling so I can get it right next time. And to underscore JX, also known as Star J on Instagram. Thank you to both of you. I always see you guys in my stories um, and supporting, so really do appreciate the engagement. Um, and yeah, you know the drill by now, guys. If you would like to have a shout out onto your peer recoveries podcast, all you have to do is follow, subscribe, like, and engage with us on all of the platforms that we're available on, which includes Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even YouTube. Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome to the final episode of season five of the Therapy Recovery Podcast. I don't know about you, but I can't believe how fast this season has gone. I don't know if it's something about 2023 or maybe just the limited time that we all have, but I can't believe that we are 10 episodes in already. And that means season six will be right around the corner. Um, but Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you who have been super consistent and tuning in every other Saturday um, just to listen to some of the amazing topics that we have. Um, Thank you so much to the guests who agreed to come on to share their knowledge and their wisdom and their testimonies um, to help not just inspire me, but most importantly to you, the audience who is tuning in Um, and Most importantly, (laughs) I want to thank my team, which consists of my sister, Maxine Antoine, who's been the audio editor, um, my admin, Marvia Muriel, and um, my little brother, Zach, who has been my visual editor for a little bit, and to my chipmunk, Mr. Nathan, who's also my little brother. Um, He's been so helpful with helping us start to gain some presence on TikTok. So thank you so much for that, (laughs) because I might be Gen Y, but I am not proficient with TikTok whatsoever. So that's his territory. Um, And to the rest of my family, my aunt, my grandma, my mom, my stepdad, thank you so much. Um, Your support and, you know, getting the word out there about the podcast has been super helpful. And I'm eternally grateful for all of you. And now we can get down to the nitty gritty. Um, Today's episode is going to be pretty interesting, um, and it's on Christianity and Stoicism. So a little bit of context, um, at the beginning of my mental health journey, I was kind of diving into a a lot of different um, things um, and just exploring all things mental health and wellness. And I came across a couple of videos on Stoicism. And um, obviously, as you know, TRP Recovery is a Christian-based brand, but I was really intrigued by the fact that there was a lot of overlay um, between the two concepts. And obviously, I am not a expert in that area, so I definitely wanted to reach out to someone who had a little bit more experience than I did with this to help inform all of us about the similarities as well as the differences between Christianity and Stoicism. To help us with that today, we have Jamie Ryder joining us from Manchester. Yes, that's right. Manchester from the United Kingdom. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to put it out there. Jamie, if you're listening back to this, I'm sorry. I just had to really get it out. But (laughs) um, Jamie is, as I mentioned before, a Manchester-based copywriter who uses philosophy to help businesses share their philosophy with the world. 
He was inspired to set up the Stoic Athenaeum through his interest in Stoicism and other ancient schools of thought. He's on a mission to make philosophy sexy, or at least down to earth, and make timeless ideas new again. He specializes in copywriting and content marketing, which includes website writing, brand tone, um, voice of creation, and blogging, as well as content strategy. His brand Circles of Care workshop is designed to help businesses get to the heart of their values in order to ensure that a brand can truly practice what it preaches across all sales channels. So if you're in need of copywriting services, or maybe you just want to, you know, start to think about some of the similarities between the two concepts and how it can really impact your life and how it can really help you to just navigate the really tumultuous times. Um, that's something that we're all trying to strive towards. Um, and regardless of what you believe, I do think the the biggest thing, which was obviously a theme for this season, is to lend a listening ear. Um, treat people with respect, give them dignity, and in the same breath, you can also hold on to your values while respecting someone else to share theirs. So I hope that this is one of the many examples that you can take away from this season and try to do the same in your life. I think all of us are not exempt from seeing all of the chaos that's happening in our world, whether that's like through normal news channels or through social media, Um, and it can be exhausting and honestly discouraging just thinking about how we as humans interact with one another. But if there's anything that I can take away from this is that my faith is my faith and it is my world. It is my anchor. It is everything that inspires me to continue day in and day out. But I'm also aware that not everyone has that belief. And there are some within the Christian faith who are called to evangelism, and evangelism in itself looks a little different for everyone. Um, But for me, um, I know wisdom is something that I aspire to and I try to achieve, and I'm always curious to learn about everyone's experiences, and in the same breath, not allowing those things to change what I believe in. So um, like I said, I hope you do the same, definitely. I hope, as always, you have your favorite cup of tea with you, that you're nice and comfy and ready to get started. And once again, thank you for an amazing season, and I'll see you again for season six. Good morning, Jamie, or good afternoon, I should say, since you're all the way in the UK. (laughs) Right, I mean, uh, I love uh, international talks like this. It's always fun. Really happy to be on the podcast with you, and I'm looking forward to diving into some very insightful topics today. Thank you. I'm honestly just grateful that you agreed. This is a topic I'm really intrigued by. Um, I... I came across stoicism really early in my healing journey, and it was something that was very interesting to me. Um, And a lot of the principles I noticed are very intertwined with Christianity and some of the things that we hold dear. So I'm really excited today for you to help us understand the basics and, you know, maybe the parallels as well as the differences. Absolutely. I mean, philosophy, psychology, religion, they're all interlinked in very intrinsic and interesting ways as well. Awesome. So before we dive in, do me a favor and let's give the audience a quick elevator pitch. 
Awesome, I love these. So, <laughs> my name is Jamie Ryder. I am based in Manchester in the UK. I am a copywriter and a marketer by trade, and my business is called Stoic Athenium. That combines my very niche interest in philosophy with copywriting together in the sense that every business, I believe, has some sort of philosophy or a set of values that they need to embody in the world or to communicate how they help their customers and great copy and content is key to that messaging and communication at the end of the day and that's how you show up with your brand philosophy in the world and how you show up as a leader and the founder. Well, you and I will be having a conversation offline about your services. So before we do that, let's dive into the first question. So what events in your journey inspired you to dive into the area of stoicism and how has it transformed your life? Yeah, it's really interesting because I never actually learned about philosophy or tried to study it at all. It took me many years to actually dive into and it's still a very new discovery for me because obviously the pandemic happened and there was a lot of uncertainty going on and as somebody who has struggled on and off with social anxiety for a number of years, that has really been a big crux for me to try to find ways to cope with that and stoicism was that thing that really helped me at the height of the pandemic I started listening to podcasts books and diving down a very deep rabbit hole and then it just made so much sense to me because I think when you look at the word stoic generally you think of the character trait of being emotionless or not actually talking about your feelings or just gritting your teeth and I was certainly very guilty of that in the past but when I discovered the philosophy I realized it was the opposite it's showing up and being active in the world it's engaging with people or having conversations that you're passionate about and trying to uplift communities and to regulate your emotions appropriately so that really galvanized me to actually want to set up a business and base the crux of Stoic Athenium in that Stoic philosophy and copywriting. Wow. And you know what's interesting about that? I I love how you mentioned kind of like the misconception of it. Um, As someone who is a self-proclaimed introvert, and so I tend to be a little bit more intrinsic, and I like to take my time to process things before I state anything. But often the misconception is that you are aloof, not attentive, or just disinterested, when in actuality, there's so much going on inside before you actually say anything. So it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you are so right, is the sense that if you're very quiet on the surface, then there's a very easy way to say, oh, you might be a bit judgmental and say maybe something's going on there, but rather inside, you're just taking a step back to assess things rather than just to say something for the sake of saying it, really. Now, I have a selfish question before we moved on to the scripted one. (laughs) So how do you articulate that to people who may not be familiar with it or even comfortable with it? So like, let's say in like the business context or with like, you know, interpersonal relationships, how do you articulate like, hey, I'm here, I'm listening, just processing in a way that doesn't make people feel uncomfortable? Yeah, it's a great question and I've developed loads of different ways of doing this in my head sometimes, but depending on who the person I'm with, I might just be very upfront with them and say, look, if I might seem a bit quiet sometimes, it's absolutely got nothing to do with you. I'm just the kind of guy who likes to take a step back sometimes and just listen more than I talk. And I find that probably quite helpful then because obviously 
personally to me, listening is a superpower and you want to do that active listening rather than just blurting out a bunch of word vomit just for the sake of trying to fill noise. And I find once you make that explanation very clear, then people probably are more appreciative of that, even if they might not necessarily voice it. I just think now internally they can probably feel more comfortable with that. Thank you. That's really good advice. So on to our next question. On your site, you explain the four pillars of stoicism, wisdom, justice, self-control, and courage. Can you take us through a brief history of how that came to be? Would love to. And this is the thing about stories from antiquity, they always get reinterpreted. So this is my version of it. Stoicism is really interesting because it takes a lot of influence from earlier philosophies from it, but it all started with a guy called Zeno Ascitium, who was a very successful merchant. But one day, as the story goes, he was shipwrecked in Athens. So pretty much boom overnight, he lost everything. So he had to find a way to get over that huge life shift. So he wandered through the Athenian marketplace, ended up in a bookstore, and he was just trying to look at books to find some kind of meaning. And a book by the author Xenophon, who was a student of Socrates, like just really hit him. And whatever was in this book caused him to look at the bookseller and ask the bookseller, where can I find men or where can I find people who can teach me these kinds of things? And as luck would have it, a philosopher by the name of Crates was wandering by the bookstore at that time. And then the bookseller pointed him out and said, that is the person you're going to want to follow. And that is what Zeno did. He followed Crates over a number of years, learning from how he showed up in the world. And then he was ready to go out and live his own philosophy, which was based on those four pillars of justice, wisdom, temperance and courage. And he went to a place called the Stoa or the Painted Porch, which was an open space in the Athenian marketplace where people could just debate their ideas. And that is where the name of Stoicism comes from, that Stoa painted porch and based on those four key pillars the root of stoicism for Zeno was living in accordance with nature and there's a lot of different meanings around that but what I take that to mean is first to live in accordance with your own human nature live in accordance with other people's natures as well to try to be the best version that you can be and try to help them and also to live in accordance with wider nature and the earth as a whole really so there's loads of little ways to look at it but very simply stoicism is focus on what you can control and don't worry about what you can't that's the easiest way to look at it but then it opens up a whole different rabbit hole that i'm still digging into myself Mm -hmm. yeah no i love that i think Something that stood out to me that you mentioned was this idea of having, you know, like open and candid debates. And I just looking at kind of like the the scope of things in our modern world and how polarized different topics have become, I feel like a tool like stoicism could really help people understand that it's our right to, you know, live in accordance with your values, but to also, you know, make space for other people to express theirs um, and without the need to have to prove right or wrong, you know? So I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And uh, I think stoicism personally to me is a very tolerant way to live in a world because you don't necessarily have to you know agree with everybody and nor should you but you can at least say look maybe we don't share the same beliefs but that's okay i accept you as you are within reason and then we can just still have a an open and friendly debate rather than like an argument for the sake of arguing Mm -hmm. Mm. so on that note we're going to move on to the next one 
There are parallels between the themes of Stoicism and Christianity. What are some of the similarities and disparities that you've noticed? Yeah, this is really interesting to me, and I don't claim to be any expert between Christianity anyway, but the the things that I've found is, I think a lot of the virtues with the justice, wisdom and courage, there's a lot of that, you know, that is resonant in Christianity, certainly with, you know, striving to have a strong moral character and trying to be a, a better person as well. I think it's also both ideas also wrestle with that question of who do you serve or what do you you serve so is it a cause that is greater than yourself as well and something else is this idea of the logos which ancient stoics really believed in there's a lot of different ways to look at the logos but that was essentially an intangible force in the universe that sort of governs things and they sort of worship that up to a certain point and again it's similar with christ and god as well where you're serving that force or that particular idea as well so there's a lot of like really strong ideals there that I think really stand out and what I also looked at in my research is it's very interesting how earlier Christians like St Paul actually took that from Stoicism and actually tried to apply it because there's a great little story about the philosopher Seneca actually in correspondence with St Paul and I do believe whatever documents were there there's a, there's a lot of debate about whether they were real or not but beyond that I think the the ideas that they share is that's the key thing because obviously um, Seneca was very controversial in his own day but how he was reinterpreted by later religions and people his ideas had a lot of weight for that strong moral background as well and another story that I find quite lovely is the fact that um, I think it was Seneca's brother Novatus actually was a governor around the the time that he pardoned St. Paul for an incident with the a Jewish community. And I, I think that's a great um, sort of connection there about how philosophy and religion can be quite intertwined and how they can be very complementary as well. But in terms of uh, the differences that I've found, I think that idea of the Logos comes up again for me because I believe that obviously the Stoics just look at the force rather than with Christianity, you see Christ as a figure that you can actually worship as well which is the key thing where the stoics probably disagree with that up to a certain point but still appreciate that you are trying to serve something that is bigger than yourself as a a wider sort of cosmopolis or a community of people as well i love that and i love that you mentioned saint paul because that's literally the first person i thought of when you approached me with this opportunity um and even with the story of jesus like you mentioned and just how he embodies every single principle like wisdom self-control um and judgment and as christians i especially in the west i feel like that's something that we need to try to get back to sometimes we can get distracted with the the performance of you know some of our our worship but i think we have to get back to the core which is how are we really impacting people and how are we embodying the very things that we believe that jesus wanted us to have and i just love how there's a connection between that and stoicism so thank you for that on to our next question and this one's a really good one because we're talking about your brand so in your brand circles of care workshop How do you use Stoicism to empower your customers in the development of their brands? Yeah, again, I love sort of diving into the theory behind this because, again, that 
workshop was influenced by a concept from Stoicism and philosophy. There was a guy called Hierocles who developed these this idea called the circles of concern, which was looking at yourself or your mind and your body as that first circle, but then seeing the other communities outside of yourself. So in that model, you might look at your family or your friends as the next circle out or then it might be the people that you work with, your colleagues, and then the rest of the world. But the idea is that first circle of your sense of self is looking at how you can bring those other circles as close to your sense of self as possible. So you can try to regulate your emotions or try to deal with those different circles as appropriately as possible. And the more I dived into that from a mental health standpoint, the more it made sense in a business standpoint, because the, the crux of that workshop is starting with brand values and like that concentric circle of the self, I think brand values sit at the heart of a business anyway. So it's looking at how you show up for what you believe. So I think a lot of businesses might want to say that they're sustainable or they're ethical. And that sounds great on paper, but without any substance behind them, they might just be seen as buzzwords. And it's actually diving into it first to say that, how would you try to apply that ethic ability in your personal life or in your business as well? And then it will go out to the next circle into your employees and your partners. So it's saying, you said you want to be ethical, but how would you show that in a recruitment standpoint or how would you try to help your employees like that or how would you choose your partners then similarly into the customer circle about looking at online and offline content how do your products and services sound from that values led angle and then finally it's your industry to say can you name your competitors values what sort of topics are they talking about that's actually really important to discuss in your industry so again that can be the base of good ideas to start producing thought leadership level stuff around if that's necessary so it's just trying to look at that holistic 360 degree view of your business with the values and then seeing how it can be rooted in that branding and copywriting sense as well wow that is so important i love how you mentioned that sometimes I think there's this quote that says like all good intent, all good intentions are a pathway to hell or something along those lines. Um, And I think a lot of us have really great intentions starting off, whether that's through a business or with relationships. But if we don't have practical steps and plans in place to make sure that we actually get to that goal, it's just for naught. So um, I think that's super impressive. I do actually have one like quick um, off the cuff question. So. You talked about compartmentalizing the different areas of your life, like relationships and your business. Like, can you talk about the area of like relationships, be it, you know, romantic or family? How would you take someone through that process or how did you go through that process? Yeah, well, again, I go through that concentric circles from Hierocles as well. And again, with stoicism, there's a lot of nuance there because you could make the argument that those circles are just those circles. They shouldn't cross over into each other. And it's it makes you question, like, how do you cross the barrier between the other circles? Can you let other people into those circles? And you absolutely can, but you have to be, be very discerning about it. And I think that discernment is the key word for me, certainly, because purely from going back to that mental health stuff for myself, when I say that, I've sometimes I can be quite socially anxious that makes me very sort of I have to be more discerning in that standpoint so I try to to keep my circle quite small sometimes because people know me we've had many conversations where I feel comfortable but looking at that circle-based model that really helps me in a personal standpoint but you can easily look at that in the employment as well because 
mental health anyway in the workplace is something that I like to talk about anyway. And I think it needs to be coming down from a, a top-down level as well, because again, you can say you stand for mental health, but unless you actually implement it into your business, then again, it's just, it's rhetoric. And that's a bit of another rabbit hole. Rhetoric, I think is very useful when it's done for ethical purposes using these techniques where public speakers can actually you know move people with the power of their words to actually move them towards causes that actually have that substance as well mm, my gosh and i love that you said discernment um that's a really big theme for us in uh, the christian world and it's something to your point can be seen as rhetoric because it's thrown around a lot but i think what we're missing is coming up with practical ways to identify and to list out what that process looks like. Um, and for me, it's taken a long time to learn how to do that. But what I love about this conversation is that it first starts with self, like understanding who you are, what works for you, what doesn't. And then from there, moving on to create those boundaries or those circles for you to identify who belongs in it and who doesn't or what belongs in it and what doesn't. So um, yeah, no, this is really good. Mm. So what has been the most rewarding experience for you, whether personally or from watching the progression of your clients? Well, the first thing, it's just so much fun because I get to indulge in this very sort of, you know, unique mashup of philosophy and marketing together. And that's what we do to get into business, right? If it isn't fun, then obviously just try something different. But that is the first thing because it's it's been a very like quick evolution of this as well. But from the client standpoint as well, it's nice to see them get a better idea of their values as well, because to me personally, values can be quite a hard thing to quantify. And something that I like to ask is this um, concept called fulfillment stories, where I think a lot of what we do is motivated by our desires or our motivations anyway. And I think they certainly underpin those values of sustainability or ethics. And, and an example of a fulfillment story for myself is, again, I say I'm about mental health, but how do I need to be fulfilled in that situation? So there was a there was a situation on LinkedIn a couple of months ago where there was a, a guy that was talking about his mental health. He didn't seem to be in the best place, but I just saw that and he was a complete stranger to me. But I just very like privately sent him a DM to say, Look, I don't know you, but I just want to make sure you're okay. Oh, like that kind of thing. And we had just a bit of a back and forth really. And to me, my fulfillment story is there. My fulfillment was, I felt it was the right thing to do. He was a complete stranger, but I hope I had, I made him feel a little bit brighter just by that small act. So trying to ask those fulfillment stories for all the people in business will be entirely different. But I find doing that exercise in the workshop also helps to underpin those values as well. And I guess the last thing from that is having something that they can refer back to as well, because it's all well and good to say that this is what you want to stand for. But I think you need some kind of manifesto as well so you can continue to evolve it. So that comes out of it as well. And I find so far then people are really helping them guide their business forward. I love that. And I think the, the theme that kind of cuts across every single, you know, um, value system that we mentioned today is this idea of self and community and impact. Um, I think if you don't know yourself, you're so, um, I guess, privy to just falling for anything 
and not really standing for something that you really believe in. Community is so important because you can be by yourself for a while, but at some point, you know, we are social creatures. So being able to embrace other people around you and then having an impact on those people and they also having an impact on yourself as well. Um, so this was such a thoughtful and amazing conversation, Jamie. I am so thankful that you decided to come on here and I hope that everything we talked about, the audience can really take away some really practical things to apply in their lives. We are running short on our time. And if I go over, for the audience, like it's a running joke that we have, my editor, who's my sister, um, she always threatens me when I go over the 30 minute mark. So I'm gonna do my best to wrap up. So um, based on all the information, what are three most valuable elements of stoicism that you would encourage the audience to incorporate in their lives, especially in regards to managing their emotions? Yeah, quick fire. First thing, obviously, we referred back to the difference between the character trait of stoicism versus big S stoicism. Just ask for help. There's a great quote from the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but basically it's about being a soldier in the midst of battle and every soldier needs a leg up. So literally just try to ask for help no matter who it's from. There's another exercise called the premeditation of adversity where it's basically trying to rehearse the worst case possible scenario in your head. Not to be negative, but just to try to build up that well of resilience in that imagined situation. So it's just thinking, oh, what would be the worst that would happen? And personally, I've found by doing that in certain situations, whether personally or in work, that's helped me feel much calmer, regardless of what the result of that situation was. And then the last thing is another practical exercise called the view from above, which is essentially trying to look at some, like an astral projection level. So you'll take a step outside of yourself. Then you'll imagine that you're looking down on the people in the room or your city or wherever you are. And most likely they're probably going through the exact same problems, whether the, the, they, might be, they might be anxious themselves, they might have had a bad day at work. So it puts you on their level then. And then you'll go a next step by imagining that you're looking down at the entire world and you're linked together by a single thread of humanity as part of that wider community. And then slowly you can bring yourself back down into yourself. And the idea is that once you've done that work, then you might have been able to diffuse that anxiety or that anger or whatever you were feeling because objectively, what you were thinking or feeling was against the grand scheme of things was probably not as bad as you thought it was. And in those, high wire anxiety inducing situations I find that exercise really helps me personally as well I love that it's uh it's kind of like mindfulness it's actually that's exactly what it is so thank you for that thank you I'm really excited about this final final question I promise it's the final one and it's a closing exercise that I usually do with all of my guests and I'm really intrigued to see what your response is going to be <laughs> so I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine yourself in a space or a place where you feel the most at peace. And it could be anywhere in the world. And while you are there, you are just thinking back over your life and everything that you've been through and all of the instances that were meant to tear you down, but nevertheless, you still rose. So what is a scripture from the word, a quote from a favorite book, or a quote from a favorite song that can encapsulate that feeling for you? Hmm. That, that, is, that is a really good exercise and I'm feeling all kind of <laughs> powerful. 
The quote that comes to mind that I've learned recently is the obstacle is the way. It, no matter what you see as the challenge, you can if you reframe that and flip that into something that you can use for a triumph, then that can move you forward. And very randomly, I feel like I've just been transported to my mother's garden, actually, because through the way that I've grown up, I've just found that space to be very calming for me because I remember, like, I'm very close with my mum and in terms of being able to just chat with her openly about things, it always seems to have been in that space as well. So that that is the gratitude that I've got. The obstacle is the way. Just a joke, but um, it's a serious business suggestion. It could be a t-shirt too, so. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Jamie. I've learned so much from you and I am even more motivated to do some more research about stoicism and really understand even deeper the connections between the two, um, stoicism and Christianity. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and providing these practical tools for folks. Um, and where can people find you if they're interested in working with you or just, you know, having a conversation? Yeah, no, no problem. You can find me at stoicathenium.com, which I assume will be in the show notes as well. You can find me on LinkedIn at Jamie Ryder as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. <laughs> Great. Well, first, thank you so much as well. Uh, it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing with this medium and just having these open conversations are just going to be so helpful for listeners. And if anybody just sees things in a different way, then that is just so vindicating. Thank you, Jamie. I really do appreciate that. It It's definitely something I didn't realize would get to this point, but I'm grateful and thankful for everything that's come with it. Um, all of the amazing guests, including yourself, who pour into me and into our audience. So thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. I'm, I'm here all day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. See you soon. Bye. Right. Bye. Once again, my loves, thank you so much for tuning in for the season finale episode for Tear Peer Recovery Season 5. Um, and before you log off, um, I just wanted to make a quick announcement that we are doing a giveaway, actually, from one of our previous guests. I'm not sure if you remember our episode with Christopher Cooper and Whitney Vargas, who are the expert supplementologists who talked to us about nutrition and wellness. So we're going to be collaborating and having a giveaway um, with some of their products that they sell. Um, and this one is the Less Stress, More Yes Mental Health Bundle. So if you're interested in participating and winning this product, I definitely recommend heading over to our Instagram and checking out the post so that way you can see all of the instructions and ways to participate. Um, so that's all I wanted to tell you. I'll let you go now. And once again, thank you so much. Love you and see you again for season six. Has the Therapy Recovery Podcast helped you in any way? If so, it would mean the world to us if you would consider becoming a supporter. You could do this by going on to the TRP Recovery Instagram profile, click in my bio for the Linktree link, and you can click on become a supporter. And from there, you can select your monthly contribution either at 
zero ninety nine a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. Um, whatever is in your heart to help us continue to share and spread this message, we would love it so much. So as always, you're worthy, you're blessed, you're loved. Thank you so much. We love you and see you next time.